I remember when I first told you about Triple Net, you were like, <laughs> what is this? Say, I remember when you asked the our potential future landlord, is it gross rent or Triple Net? And I remember him being impre- like, impressed that you knew that question to ask. So if you go into a situation and you're asking that question, they're going to know that you know what you're talking about. So then later I just turned to Lisa and said, what's Triple Net? Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. All right, so this is a big day. We're in the same room today. Yes. I get to stare into your eyes. Episode three. <laughs> Episode number three. We're moving up in the world. So how have things been going? little check-in with you, Ariel. Yeah. It's been an interesting couple days. Big step. We put our first offer in on a house and we did not get it. <laughs> not great. That first but, not yeah. accepted offer is heartbreaking. Yeah. It feels like you got dumped, but wasn't meant to be. No, but now you know what to look for. You know what you want, what you don't want. Yeah, exactly. I learned a lot in this process. Did our first verbal walkthrough home inspection. That was very eye-opening on all the things that you need to look out for when you're buying a house. Yep, and they say don't get attached, but you're going to get attached. Oh, yeah, that that was <laughs> that was my first pitfall. Got emotionally attached, but you have to. If you're going to end up buying the house, you want to love it. This so. is the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. Yeah, exactly. Well, for most people, the right. biggest purchase you'll ever make. Right. So it's like, how do you not? But I feel like it's kind of like a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to talk about all things leases. And that's an area where, again, just like buying a house, it's hard to not get attached to a lease when you see it. And we've been through that where we really want a space. We think it's going to be perfect. And whether we don't get it or something on the lease wasn't right for us and we have to walk away, it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. You really do. Same thing. You want to fall in love with the space. But it has to be a business decision at the end of the day. So kind of separating those two things. But it's challenging. It's very challenging. So hopefully this episode will cheer you up a little bit. So yeah. we're going to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to jump right in. So today's episode, we're diving into the important topic that we just mentioned that can significantly impact the future of your business. And that's understanding your lease before you're signing it. So signing a lease is a pivotal moment in the life of your business as it does lay the foundation for your operational and financial commitments. It's crucial to understand the ins and outs of your lease. And by doing so, you can avoid potential pitfalls, you can negotiate favorable terms, and just ensure that your business thrives within its physical space. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about five key areas that are so important to understand before you put pen to paper. By the end of this episode, you'll have a better understanding of the key factors that can make or break any lease agreement. And so don't get emotional and don't get attached until you understand <laughs> Tip these number one. five areas. So let's dive in. But don't before we dive in, I just want to remind everyone that I am not a real estate lawyer. So before ever signing any lease, you should go talk to your actual lawyer and have them check it out. But we're going to give you just our advice and our tips that we've learned along the way after signing seven leases to date. 
crazy. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about this because I don't do this very often. So I only visit these things maybe two or three times, you know, and it's yeah. good to go back and review what some of these things mean. And I'm sure that I've had some of the same questions that some of you guys are going to have today about what some of these things mean in a lease and why you need to actually understand everything that the lease is saying before you sign it. And not just show up and take the selfie with signing the lease. (laughs) Right. Why it's important to understand what you're signing. Yeah. It's it's a good thing to know. This will be huge. So, so number one, the first thing that you should understand is the lease duration. Does it have renewal options? Is there a rate escalation? So this is super important because this is essentially what you're agreeing to. What, what length will you be occupying this building for? And there's a bunch of different kind of ways that it can be done. The first way is a tenant at will, which I I don't recommend. But this is essentially, you're just going month to month with the landlord. They can give you written warning, you have to leave. And the same time you aren't locked in. But if you're hoping that this is going to be a future for your business, month to month is kind of a scary thing because you don't know when they're going to sell the building or if they want somebody else to come in. So you're kind of leaving that up to risk. Right. Yeah. That does seem like something that you would want to have more time guaranteed in the space, but tell, tell our listeners what you would say as far as what's a good time frame to estimate. If you're not sure how well the business is going to do in the beginning, you're not sure how long you're going to be there. Some of the things that you might be worried about just opening. Yes, exactly. So if you're not sure, so most leases, if it's not 10 on at will, it'll be usually like a two-year lease, a five-year lease. It could even be like a 10-year lease if it's like a huge commercial one. But for most people doing a small business, they would want either a one, two, or five-year lease. When I first started out, I signed a one-year lease because I wasn't sure. I was nervous. I just quit my job and I just wanted to kind of try it out and see how it did. So I did a one-year lease with a one-year extension at the end of the year. So if that's something you'd want to do, you could always add in an extension if you're not sure. So I would dec- definitely recommend no matter what, if, even if it's just like a two-year, always having an option to extend. So basically baking that in where you're saying, yes, I agree to one year, but 60 days prior to the end, I want the option to sign on for another year at X price. So that's a great option. Another option is just to go in and just sign the big two or five-year agreement, but then you are locked in, good or bad, at that at that year amount. Right. We did one year plus an extension at fixed, right? Yep. No, we I, did one year yeah, plus an extension thought, yeah. for the first one. And then after year two, we actually went in and now that we know the health of the business and we know that this is a spot we love, we did a two year with a five year extension. So we now the two year lease and then another two year lease and then it's a three year extension. So a total of five years. Right. And that's been helpful for budgeting too, just to know what our rent's going to be now, what the you know potential increases are going to look like because everything's laid out for us with the extensions. So yep. we can kind of plan ahead for future years and what that's going to look like. Yep, exactly. And also with the escalation is also another cause you need to think about. So in a lot of leases, for example, when we did do our two year with a three year extension, that extension every year would escalate. So in our in our case, it was just a fixed percentage. So every year it's going to go up X percent or it was actually a dollar amount, X dollars every year. This is what it's going to be. That's not always the case. So some people, and I've seen this a bunch, use the consumer price index. So it'll be based on that. So if you want, you could just Google what it's going to be and you can see kind of what it has been in past years and what it would be going forward for your lease. So you need to look and definitely see what your increases will be if they put in that escalation cause. So that consumer price index, that CPI, that just means 
other economic indicators that might increase the price. Yeah, every year there's a consumer price index and that would be based off that. So they wouldn't be setting the increase. The CPI would be setting the increase and they would right. just go directly based off that. So a little bit more unpredictable. A little bit more. I mean, yeah, it's definitely you. You can't budget exactly, but you could definitely look at past years and kind of go off that. Our lease in Haverhill actually does that. So mm-hmm. our lease has an escalation clause after the first two years again, and it is based on CPI. Great. So what are some of your favorite tips on how to negotiate those favorable lease terms regarding the duration of the lease, some of the different renewal options, and that rent escalation? What would you recommend starting with? Yeah, so I would give three main tips. And the first one is just doing your research and knowing what the market is like in that area that you're looking. So you want to be able to have a solid basis for negotiation by doing your research and actually coming in with a number that the market is is giving in that area. So if they're a little bit higher, you'll know and you'll have, they'll probably be surprised that you actually did your research and you can say, actually, everybody in the area is at this per square foot. And that'll give you a little bit more power to negotiate the terms and maybe the length of the lease. So that's number one is definitely do your research, come in and see what your competitors and what other businesses are leasing for. The second is to just know what your priorities priorities are and what your non-negotiable terms are. So when you go into that negotiation, you know things that you're willing to maybe compromise on and things that you just can't budge on. And if they're not going to budge, then you might have to walk away from that. But definitely go in knowing what your non-negotiables are and holding true to those. So maybe you want a lower rent the first year to get your feet like in the door and get people to just start seeing your business. And that's something you just can't budge on. You'll, you're willing to do a little bit of a longer lease, but having lower rent at the beginning. And you just got to know what what it is you want at the beginning. And then the final thing would be building that rapport. So when you are doing the walkthrough with the landlord or their real estate agent, just building com- good rapport, having good communication with them really sets the tone for a successful negotiation. All of our leases, we've had great rapport with. Our most recent one, we still talk to the, the real estate agent for the good and the bad things the that are happening at that location, whether it's broken air or oh a ceiling leaking. You name it. But you build that rapport from the beginning before you even sign the lease. And you can kind of see like what the communication style will be going forward because you're getting into a partnership with this person. It's not going to be like you don't talk to them or see them. And you want to be able to have that rapport, have that line of communication, and you will start that right at the negotiation. And that will help you along the way. Yeah. And we're very lucky that we've had good relationships with our landlords for a lot of our businesses. And I think that helps, like Elise said, in situations where you need them to be coming to help you with certain Mm -hmm. situations. And also if there's a situation where they're going to be more understanding that you're a new business and there may be potential for some negotiation as far as when you're rent is going to start if you're moving all of your things into this space, if there's a possibility to have a period of time where you're not paying rent yet, you know, things like that, that you might be able to discuss with the landlord if you do develop a good relationship with them. And then down the road, you are certainly going to need your landlord, you know, for the leak roof or the roof leaking or there being something going wrong with the space. And I know that we can call our landlord anytime and he'll give us an answer. Like maybe a skunk is in the building. (laughs) Maybe a skunk. You can't make these things up. All the things you didn't think you'd have to deal with as a business owner. A skunk was not one that I saw coming. When I I saw that text from you, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) It's like, I'm not even kidding. This isn't a joke. (laughs) Picture Ariel with a broom trying oh, to get a skunk out. No, yeah. She locked the door and she ran away. Yeah, I did. I, w- I made Kristen go into the back. Yeah. You're like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I sure did. 
So that's the terms regarding the length of the lease. So that's how long you're going to be locked into this agreement. But the second important key thing to think about is the actual cost. So there's two things that the lease could state, and it could be their gross rent or triple net. So you'd see it like NNN, big capital N, big capital N, big capital N. And when you're doing your lease, you are ideally looking for gross rent because that just means you're paying the landlord fixed rent. You're not covering all their operational expenses like taxes, insurance, maintenance, that type of stuff. It's very predictable. So you can build out a nice clean budget and you're going to know what you're going to have to pay. It's the cleanest way. We love predictable. Whenever I see triple net, I kind of run the other direction now. It really scares me. It's just a lot more expensive and it's just not something I usually want to deal with. But depending on the type of owner, if you're working with like a big real estate company, they are usually going to want triple net. So it's just something to look out for. So triple net, you'd be paying your base rent, but then you'd also pay, like I just said, taxes, interest, and also CAM. So... I remember when I first told you about triple net, you were like, <laughs> what is this? Say, I remember when you asked the our potential future landlord, is it gross rent or triple net? And I remember him being impre- like, impressed that you knew that question to ask. So if you go into a situation and you're asking that question, they're going to know that you know what you're talking about. So then later I just turned to Lisa and said, what's triple net? <laughs> yeah. So triple net is something I'm like, avoid, avoid, avoid. But you might have to do it. So it depends on where you're going. So basically you're paying for quarterly Taxes, interest, and then CAM. So CAM stands for Common Area Maintenance. And those are things like, especially in our area, in the Boston area, it's snow removal. Or if you're doing shared spaces, if they're going to be doing like landscaping and trash removal and stuff like that. So definitely before you sign your lease, you want to get an estimate from your real, the real estate agent of that company or that just the landlord if they don't have an agent on what CAM will be. So that you can put that into your budget because it will be a big number. It's not going to be immaterial to your forecast and your budget. You're definitely going to want that. We pay ours. We have one triple net lease. I don't love that we have this triple net lease, but I love the location. So we're just we're just going with it. And quarterly we pay it and it is a big charge. It's almost half our actual lease payment. So it's it's a big amount that we have to pay quarterly. And every time it comes in, I want to cry. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Is it always quarterly or is that so that usually it's monthly? quarterly? They'll send because that's when the taxes usually the tax bill is paid quarterly. So yep. So that's something to definitely look at. So once you decide how long am I gonna be in this, you wanna know what are my payments gonna look like. So the CAM charges could change. They definitely can change. Yeah. So they're based on that quarter. Yep. So right. if you have okay. a lot of snow, your CAM charges are going up. Gotcha. Yep. But you could find estimates of what historically the numbers have looked like yeah. for that space. Yeah. They should be able to give you estimates unless it's a brand new space that they're managing, but they'll know the taxes and stuff like that. But the CAM, they should be able to estimate to the best of their ability. So definitely push them for that number so you can build that in because it will be a material number to your to your budget. And it's less predictable. So it's just something to think about. Yeah. And we love predictability. We so this is why I don't love triple net. I always want the gross rent. Number three would be maintenance fees and responsibility for repairs. So this is another one you just want to have a good understanding for and clarify whose responsibility is it. Is it the landlord's or is it yours? So this is things like the heating and cooling system. Are you paying for the maintenance? 
Okay, maybe. And that's not as big of a deal. But are you paying for it if it breaks? Now we're talking, this is the bigger, this is the bigger problem. Because now we're talking into the thousands of dollars instead of just a yearly maintenance of like 150, 200. We're just going to take a brief pause from this episode to tell you all about our free business starter checklist. This is the checklist that we wish we had before opening our first businesses. It includes every step you'll need to take your business off of the ground. If you're someone who's looking to launch your first business, head to businessmusclepodcast.com and snag your free checklist. Now let's get back to the episode. Right. So then if you're going into a space that has a sketchier looking heating system, maybe something to think about before you're in there and who's going to be responsible for that unit if it goes. And maybe it's a situation where you can put a cap on how much you might owe if there are issues with that heating unit. Definitely. So that's something you should make sure that you have in writing in the lease because you don't want to leave it up to just I hope the landlord's going to help me out here because that usually doesn't happen and it's not it's just not good to just hope. You want to have everything in writing, have everything down. So if there's anything that you're even considering, try to put it in the lease. Yeah. And hopefully you'll have a great relationship with your landlord. But usually when you're going over everything in the lease, you don't really have a relationship yet because you're just going to be moving into that space. So it's something that you mm-hmm. want to definitely have in writing just in case, just to protect yourself. And make sure you're confident when you approach them because they are not going to put this stuff initially in the lease. So you want to make sure that you are pushing back. And if it's a non-negotiable, that you hold your ground and yeah, try to get just that just read everything super thoroughly and make sure that you're prepared for anything. Awesome. So number four would be tenant improvement allowance versus doing the work and having to pay for the work yourself. So any type of updates you want to make to the space. So regardless of the space condition, there's going to be some sort of improvements you're going to want to do, whether it's the flooring or building out some walls or just just a core shelving stuff like that. So it could be small things where you won't even need a tenant improvement allowance. You won't even think about that because you're just going to do it yourself. But this is something that you can consider. You can actually ask your landlord for if they don't have it already baked in is a tenant improvement allowance, which is basically just an amount of funds that they're going to provide you and to cover the cost of customizing your space. This doesn't happen all the time. We've actually never gotten this in any of our leases, but all our build outs have been fairly simple. We've done all the work ourselves for like a couple minor things where we've had somebody help us with the flooring a couple of times. But other than that, we've done everything ourselves. So we've never asked for an allowance. But if you are doing a lease that is a five-year plus lease, sometimes the, the landlords will consider giving you some money. And that's something you should definitely know that you are allowed to ask for. Right. And it's probably a mutual agreement that you both want the space to look better. So it could be something that you bring to them, especially if it's flooring or something that will last, you know, after you're not in that space anymore for any reason, that's something that's going to benefit the the landlord as well. Might be something that you could bring to them and negotiate that. Or also if there's things that are, if you have specific flooring requirements or sound requirements, which I know you've dealt with a little bit more than I have, but if those are things that would be like bigger expenses that you might be able to negotiate that as well. Yeah. And another thing you can do is you can ask for them to give it to you in a vanilla box, basically. And that's what we did most recently is we didn't ask for a tenant allowance, but we said, can you give us a space? Basically painted anything, any major holes in the walls or patch, all the the tedious work that we would have usually done on our own. They came in with their contractors and they can bang it out in a couple of days and they just made it a very clean vanilla box for us. And for us, that was perfect. And we just customized it. Yeah. 
that was a huge time saver too, because I know in our first space, we spent a lot of time patching all those holes. That were in yeah. the walls. It just took so much time. You know, we were able to do it ourselves, but to have that luxury of having everything already spackled and painted was really nice. Yeah. So if they don't want to give you money, you should, you should ask for that. At least getting it up to just a decent, a decent space when you are entering, don't ever take it completely torn apart. Now, I know to ask for that at the beginning, I would have never, I thought I just had to take the space as is. And now there's a lot of things that I would ask for them to just either fix up or clean up before we actually enter the space. Right. And you'll never know unless you ask. Definitely. Always ask. What's the worst that can happen? They right. just say, they say no. no and then you move on. Or you push back and push back and push back. <laughs> or you ask again. Yes. <laughs> Keep poking the bear. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's tenant improvements or just doing it yourself. But regarding the next thing, which would be number five, kind of goes hand in hand with those. And it's the specific requirements for your business. And that is something you would also want to have in the lease. I always look for, I love to put in things like that I'm going to be able to customize my sign. So anything you're going to change that's specific for your business that you think eventually or at some point they could push back on, you want to have that in writing and you want to talk about it beforehand. So that could also be things like we're going to be playing music. So I always have in my leases for the fitness studios that we're going to be playing music from hours of 5.30 a.m. till 8 o'clock at night so that we don't sign a lease, get in there, and then they're saying, oh, hold on, you can't be playing music. So I have my business-specific things in the lease always. As much as you can, over-clarify with them. Right. And anything that you think might be potentially disrupting to neighbors in the area, that's something to consider as well. If there's going to be anything that you're going to need permission for, do it as far in advance as you can before you're ever in the space making any changes to what's going on. You want to just clarify that everything is going to be allowed, that you need to run your business the way that you want to be able to run it. Yeah. Especially if they're not doing the build out, like we mentioned above, if they, it's like a self just done and funded build out, I always run through what I'm going to do with them beforehand. And I write it out and I say, these are the changes that I'm going to make because I don't want to get in there and then not be allowed to do it. So definitely put everything on the table beforehand, put as much as you can in the lease. Even we've had just like appendixes at the end of the lease that just list the improvements that I'm going to make on the space. So they're well aware of what we're going to do when we come in. Stuff like that is very important. Another yeah. thing to consider is parking too. And you want to put that in there if you can, or at least address what the parking situation is going to be if you have spaces or a lot. Right. Yeah, I know in, in some of our spaces, we don't have specific parking for that area. But if you have a lot that's specific to yours, definitely addressing that. I was also going to say that if you, some of these things, like if you're not sure what changes you might be making down the road, like one thing that we adjusted a year in was we wanted to do the new flooring, even though it's in our lease that we are allowed to make changes to the space, we still brought that to the landlord so that he was aware of what changes we were going to be making. And when he came to the space, the next time it wasn't going to be a shock Yeah, <laughs> that we had made those changes. We just wanted everyone to be on the same page about what was going on. And most landlords are all for it. And they're excited that you're actually making the space better. And so you can use that when you're negotiating too. Right. Like, hey, can we have maybe the first or second month rent free, we're going to be putting in a new floor, we're going to be doing this, we're going to be making the space a lot better. If you come at it with what you're going to help them with, they're a lot more likely to concede some of the other asks that you're that you're wanting for the lease. Yeah, just think about working together with your landlord. You want to be on the same team so that in those situations when you need to ask for help and ask for things, you guys are on the same page and you have good communication. Yeah, so those are our five main areas that you definitely want to 
understand fully. I mean, there's a lot of other things that are in a lease and you're going to walk through with your lawyer or you're just going to definitely at least yourself read it. Do not not read the lease. <laughs> Always <laughs> It's read tempting because it's long. Yeah. So I remember that my first lease, I didn't have a lawyer read it. I walked in. We both know the landlord. He's actually your landlord right now. Signed the lease. I don't even think I, I definitely didn't read it. I looked for the length. I looked for the year and I looked for the amount. And I signed the lease and I went and got wine and sushi by myself and just celebrated <laughs> without even really knowing what I signed. Luckily, the landlord is an awesome guy and we've been now almost seven years in with him and it's going great. But I could have went another way, definitely. Very easily. Without reading the lease. Little Elise had no idea what she was doing. So always read the lease or have a lawyer take a look at the lease. And the main things that you're going to look for is the duration. Is there renewal options? If there's not a renewal option, just ask for it. They'll put it in. They want people that want to spend, to stay there longer. They don't want to keep getting new tenants. Or is there a rent escalation? Understand what that's going to look like for your budget. Is it gross rent versus triple net? Who's responsible for the repairs and the maintenance? Who's going to be paying for the build out? Are you going to get a tenant improvement allowance? Are you going to pay for it? And then what specific requirements do you need to run your business that might not be in a typical lease? So those are the things that you should definitely understand. And if I gave you one piece of advice, if you take one thing from this is that everything is negotiable and that you should go in and be your biggest advocate when handling a lease. And at the beginning, I had no idea that I could change anything on a lease. I, I thought a lawyer drafted this up. This is what it is. And now Ariel can attest, I get a lease and I just send notes back. Rip it apart. Yeah. And I'm not a lawyer, but there's just things that I'm like, nope, we're not paying if the heating system breaks. Like that's changing. Like there's just things you're going to see and you're just going to send them your comments back and then you're going to go from there. Right. And if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask questions because there's going to be things in there that you may not understand the language. You're not looking at these types of things all the time. So just ask the questions that you have the clarification before you sign anything. Yep. And leases, just like buying a house, they don't happen overnight. So you might look <laughs> at a bunch of spaces and you might be looking for months. So it just, you just need to be ready when the space does come up, which we talked about before, but also don't get discouraged when the first one falls through because there's other fish in the sea, Ariel. Fish in the sea. <laughs> Things may fall through, but something better is just around the corner is what I'm telling myself. And you don't have to sign the first lease, the first space that becomes available. Wait for the right one. Yeah, definitely wait for the right, right one. I mean, in our most recent, we loved this, well, we thought we loved the space. Alyssa, our co-owner, probably loved the space a lot more than we did. And her heart was set on it. We walked in, we said, don't get your heart set on it. And her eyes, like as soon as she walked they in, lit up. I was like, oh God, she's attached to it. And he decided to go with another tenant. And literally two weeks later, two spaces down, a better layout for us, a better rent price for us, beautiful windows. It was still gross net we were able to sign this lease and he actually walked in a couple of days ago and he saw the space and what we did to it. And I think he was shocked at how nice it looked. And I don't know. I think he's kicking himself. I, I think, think he, he wished is. he had our business in there. I know we're really good tenants. <laughs> yeah. So don't get discouraged, but definitely do your research and start right away because it could take months. It could take up to a year too, more and more to find the right space. So start doing your research, start looking now. And the more spaces that you look at, the more you're going to figure out what your top priorities are. Yep. So just keep looking. Are we talking about leases or are we talking about your future house? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know. We're talking this, about both. We're talking about both. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, guys. If you have any questions, as always, you can reach out to us at Business Muscle Podcast on Instagram. I'm Elise Kyra on Instagram. 
I'm Dr. Ariel DPT on Instagram and businessmusclepodcast.com. Yeah. That's where you can find us. Until next time. All right. See you guys next week. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community and we'll catch you in the next episode.